RT8K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. The top stories. Typhoon Line Rock continues to affect the SCR after an unexpected number eight storm signal disrupted the day. President Xi Jinping stresses the importance of unification with Taiwan, and a COVID-19 case involving an airport worker continues to baffle researchers. The observatory says the number eight signal will remain in place until midnight at the earliest. It issued the signal early this morning, even though tropical storm Lion Rock was heading away from the SAR. Jimmy Choi has more. To add to the city's woes, the observatory also issued the amber rainstorm signal at one o'clock. It warned of possible flooding in low-lying parts of the city and urged the public to avoid water sports and to stay away from the shoreline. It also advised people to avoid water courses because of the risk of flash flooding. The MTL Corporation ran a limited service, with trains operating at 5 to 10 minute intervals. The Airport Express operated at 13 minute intervals, and the light rail ran at 15 to 20 minute intervals. The MTL's bus service and all major daytime bus services for KMB, New World First Bus and City Bus were halted, along with ferry services. The Education Bureau said all day school classes and night classes were suspended. The amber rainstorm warning was withdrawn shortly after nine. The hospital authority says two men and seven women have sought treatment for injuries during the storm. There have been three confirmed cases of flooding. President Xi Jinping has reaffirmed his government's determination to ensure unification with Taiwan at a time of heightened military tension in the region. Speaking in the Great Hall of the People in Beijing, he stressed that the move should be achieved peacefully. Mr. Xi said those who forgot their heritage and betrayed their motherland would come to no good. The Chinese nation has an honorable tradition of opposing division and safeguarding unity. Secession amid at Taiwan independence is the greatest obstacle to national reunification. Polytechnic University researchers say the COVID infection of a 48-year-old cargo airport cargo handler closely resembles a case in Britain recorded late last month. Gilman Sue and his team say there were only seven different genetic mutations between the two patient samples. Both carry the Delta variant. Dr. Sue said it's probable the source of the local patient's infection was from Britain. I think it's uh, first likely to be uh, infected by uh, some important case, or we cannot still cannot rule out the possibility that that it got infected with some contaminated like cargo. So at this moment, based on um, the genetic evidence, what we can um, say is it's very likely the source of the virus is from the UK. Health officials have reported eight new imported COVID infections, three from Pakistan, two from Indonesia, and the rest from India, Nepal, and the Philippines. All but one are fully vaccinated. Singapore is to abandon its zero-COVID strategy, lifting restrictions in the city-state and allowing in more foreigners. In an address to the nation, the Prime Minister Lee Hsien Long said people would gradually be allowed to go about their normal lives. It will take us at least three months and perhaps as long as six months to get to this new normal. COVID has surprised us many times before and may yet surprise us again. But get there, we will. In a safe and careful manner, with no one left behind to fend for themselves and with as few casualties as possible along the way. 
Back locally, the housing secretary Frank Chan says Hong Kongers will be able to live in bigger flats because of the planned new territory's development as well as a reclamation project off Lantau. Speaking on a radio program, the minister said vast plots of land will be available at the two sites. Development Minister Michael Wong says the authorities will try to plan public housing with bigger living areas on the artificial island. He said they'd also consider including a minimum flat area requirement in future land sale programs. And on to the weather. Strong to gale force winds occasionally up to storm force on high ground. Winds will moderate gradually tomorrow morning, but it will be cloudy to overcast with squalls, showers and thunderstorms. The outlook, the weather is going to improve on Monday and it will be dry during the day before becoming windy with heavy rain and squalls in the middle and latter parts of the week. Currently, it's 26 degrees Celsius. The humidity is standing at 93%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is now 5 minutes past 11. The chief executive has defended the government's plan to create a high-tech hub in the new territories, saying it won't lose money and the government will even turn a profit on the public housing component. Violet Wong has more. Critics of the planned Northern Metropolis project, which involves turning a rural area into an international IT hub, have questioned whether the planned two-decade time frame is feasible. However, Carrie Lam said it may actually take less than 20 years to complete the project. The Northern Metropolis was a major initiative announced in the policy address on Wednesday and is intended to house around 2.5 million people. While the government hasn't said how much it is expected to cost, Mrs Lam said the government will make money even from building public housing. Speaking on an RTHK program, Mrs Lam added that the city is good at fundraising and any investor or accountant would see the project as a worthwhile investment. The government has welcomed news of the biggest reform of the international corporate tax system in decades. Under the terms of a deal reached in Paris after years of negotiations, it's hoped that within two years the largest multinationals will pay a minimum tax rate of 15%. The administration said the agreement would make the SAR a more competitive place to do business. 136 countries backed the accord. But Alex Cobham of the Tax Justice Network Advocacy Group says the deal has shortcomings. If a US multinational is shifting profits out of, let's say, Brazil into zero-tax Bermuda, it won't be Brazil that gets to, to top up the tax on those profits. It will be the US. So Brazil will still suffer the same profit shifting, but the US will get more revenue. The United States and the Taliban have held their first face-to-face talk since the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan in August. The U.S. has insisted that a two-day meeting does not amount to recognition of Taliban rule in Afghanistan. More details from the BBC's Yogita Lemay in Doha. In the past hour, we have heard from the Taliban delegation. The foreign minister they've appointed, Amir Khan Muttaki, has said senior Taliban leaders met U.S. officials and both sides agreed to uphold what was negotiated uh, in the February 2020 U.S.-Taliban deal. Uh, He said that the U.S has agreed to help the Taliban out on humanitarian aid and the delivery of COVID-19 vaccines. And he also warned that no country should interfere in the internal policies of another country. 
To sports now, and we start with Formula One. Lewis Hamilton dominated the final qualifying for tomorrow's Turkish Grand Prix, but he won't be on pole position. A 10-place grid penalty for breaches of engine rules means he starts in 11th with his Mercedes teammate Valtteri Bottas on pole. Hamilton's title rival Max Verstappen, two points behind the Briton, qualified third for Red Bull at Istanbul Park. In football, England's World Cup qualifier against Andorra tonight will go ahead overnight, despite a fire at the National Stadium last night. The BBC's John Murray looks ahead. This will be England's first senior international at Andorra's Estadi Nacional. But for a time yesterday afternoon, it looked like it could be in some doubt after a fire broke out at the bottom of the television gantry. But it was quickly contained and the match goes ahead. And so it will be a team captain for the second time by Kieran Trippier that will surely take England a step closer to qualification against a team ranked 156th in the world. Manager Gareth Southgate says the artificial pitch holds no concerns that will prevent him from picking any of his squad. And another first will see referee Katerina Monzel of Ukraine head an all-women team of officials for a senior men's England international. Emma Raducanu has crashed out of the WTA Indian Wells tournament in the second round. In her first match since her stunning US Open triumph, the tennis player was defeated by Alexandra Sasnovich 6-2, 6-4. Former player Jeff Tarango commentated on the match. Yeah, I just think back on when Pete Sampras won the U.S. Open at age 19, and he was the youngest player to win the U.S. Open, and his cover, his picture was all over Sports Illustrated, a star is born, it's, but it took him a while after that to digest it and to really get his best tennis back, and I'm wondering, it kind of reminds me of how Emma played that match. It's like she expected it to happen, and she wasn't really willing to work through the tough, long points to get it done. And before we go, a quick look at the weather again. It's currently 26 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity 93%. And that's the news from RTHK.
Doing it together, collective soul with you. Nothing would be true without you. Thanks for being there. Thanks for chilling with me on Cool Tracks.